to the Heart Centered Sales Leader Podcast, your one-stop shop for building client relationships, scaling your business, and ultimately growing your income. When you are looking for your next step in personal and financial growth, we've got you covered. With your host, number one international best-selling author and heart-centered sales expert, Connie Whitman. Welcome to the Heart Centered Sales Leader Podcast on webtalkradio.net. I'm your heart-centered sales leader and, of course, host, Connie Whitman. Thanks for joining us today. Now, as you listen to the show, I hope you feel my passion, of course, and I am on a mission, and I'm going to start a movement to train, change the word sales from something that's icky, slimy, and pushy to something that's really coming from a caring, loving, respectful place. So I'm on a mission. Now, by incorporating all the little tips and tools and strategies and ideas that my guests and I share with you, I'm hoping that you're changing your paradigm of thinking, growing your client lists, building your client relationships, hopefully making some more money, right? We're, we can all use a little bit of extra of the green stuff. And also along the way, creating the life that you desire. So important. Now, if you're loving the show and you're loving me, of course, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Or if you're a YouTube uh, viewer, go there. You could subscribe there. Rate, review, download and share with your peeps. I would love to meet them. And I will feel the love with all of your comments. And I do comment back because it's personal to me and you really do matter. So stay in touch. So my motivational quote today is by the awesome Walt Disney. And he says, the way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. So I'm going to ask you a few questions. First, are you productive as you would like to be? And do you know exactly what tasks you should be doing to get the return or the results on your investment and time and energy? And perhaps the the most important or more important question is with everything you need to get done in the day, is there any time left for you and your family? Now, do you laugh when you hear uh, people use the word or the phraseology of work-life balance and does it even exist and you're thinking well can it even exist for me well my guest today is of course an expert on this topic and her name is Chris McPeak and Chris is an author of three books including the most recent Amazon bestseller the nine to five side hustle a guide into balancing your day job with your small business Chris is an educator and has worked for 25 years in higher education and has helped thousands of students tap into their higher potential as leaders and professionals and find Finally, as a fellow podcaster, Chris is the host of the Elevate Your Eight podcast. So please help me welcome the amazing, wonderful Chris uh, McPeak to the show. So Chris, thanks for being on. Thanks, Connie. Boy, I hope I can live up to that intro. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Isn't it cute when it's funny whenever I'm on a show or at a speaking event and they, you know, they give your bio first. And I always do one of these like, are they talking about me? And then I think I would hire me. Right. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I have the same uh, same effect. So let's first of all, I love that you also do a podcast. And yes, guys, I'm going to be on on Chris's podcast, too, which is so cool. Um, What let's dig into this productivity because, you know, it's the first step in my uh, seven-step sales process is that preparation, being prepared. Part of that is productivity, time management, you know, getting control of all of that crap in our life so that we could be effective and productive. So what is the theory or what is your theory of productivity? Okay, I'm glad that you asked that because it leads back 
completely to the show that I that I produce and the second book that I wrote. Um, so my theory is that if we are honoring our work life balance or work life alignment, if that feels better to you, mm-hmm. and and working only eight hours a day, and then if we're honoring our wellness and our health and sleeping eight hours a night, then the real key, quote unquote, to time management and productivity is just what you get done in those other eight hours. So it's it's mathematics and prioritization, um, mm. knowing exactly what it is that you want, need or would like to get done within the framework of a given day and keeping that eight hours is sort of your focal point there. So after you work and after you sleep, what's what's left? So mm. some of us have a really detailed morning routine or an evening routine. Some of us really love our workout or we love our happy hour with our colleagues or we have kids and our kids are involved in a bunch of activities that we want to participate in. So on any of those given days, you might look and see like, well, shoot, that whole like, I don't have time to do those things is I think it's a load of bunk because everybody still has the same 24 hours in a day and Mm -hmm. 168 hours in the week. Mm -hmm. The reason that some of us get to do and participate in the things that we love is because we've prioritized those 24 hours, those 168 hours, and have said like emphatically on this day, I'm, I'm going to do this. And then the last piece of this is when we put our head on our pillow at night, can we say like, this is what I accomplished today and I feel good about that. As opposed to saying, oh, my God, the day sucked. I didn't get done anything that I wanted to. I'm a terrible person. But yeah. every day is a clean slate. Every day is a, a chance to do something new. Sure. So if, you, if you've if you got your eyes on the prize, so to speak, um, then all of that other stuff is, like I say in my intro, it's not me. Uh, uh, like my guy says on my intro, um, all the rest is gravy. And, and yeah, that's worked for me ever since I came up with the, the mantra, if you will. Yeah. And, but you live and breathe what you're, you're teaching and what you're saying. And I think yeah. that's important. You want to be the role model. And it's funny, um, COVID hit, right? And so everything oh God, pivoted yeah. and changed just for, like for all of us, you know, we all went yeah. through it. So my work, changed right because all of a sudden from all these live training live events i'm nothing right it was crickets and now i'm thinking okay i need to do something differently i need to start managing a digital platform and creating that and starting from scratch because i had nothing so you put all of that time and energy so i was working a lot of hours doing that now it's funny Mm -hmm. because and i just want to comment on this um uh, chris because this is important I lost that essence of self-management. I used to be Uh really good at keeping myself healthy so that I had the energy and the clarity of mind to do what I needed to do in the business. And this year, just like many, everything flipped, gained weight. I didn't exercise. I didn't do my meditation every day like I had been because it was like, I got to get this done. I got to get this done. I have to create this. I have this and I don't know that and I have to learn that like in a frenzy of a crazy person, which I know is not a healthy place to be. Mm -hmm. So now that 2021, right, getting the calendar ready and all of those things, I thought, no, I'm booking every morning for meditation and working out. And then the afternoon, I'll be clearer, I could work a little bit later, but I'll be clearer and I'll have more productivity because my energy, my clarity of mind, all of that will be there. We forget to prioritize ourselves in -hmm. that process as well. And, and, and guys, you know, everybody listening, this is not an easy thing. When you focus on it and you organize it, it can become an easy thing. That's, that's what Chris is saying. So talk about, you said what the elevate your aid. What is the elevate your 
your eight, your podcast that when you talk about this topic in more detail? Oh, yeah. So in the beginning, it was just really putting the focus on giving people tips, tricks, strategies, the whole nine yards on on elevating the the one eight. So when you weren't sleeping and you weren't working, um, how are you managing those other things? So what's a morning routine? Um, mm. How do we maximize our lunch hour? How do we get out of the office on time without, you know, falling into that trap of, oh, I'll just check, you know, email for five more minutes. And then before you know, it's 530 and your significant other is calling and yelling at you because, you know, that never yeah. happened to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then I started thinking about and this really actually goes way, way back to my previous career as a as a housing professional. I was one of those people that lived in and managed. I had to I have to say the word dorm because a lot of people don't know what I mean when I say residence life and housing. Mm -hmm. But I, I did that. That was my role in higher education for a really long time. And, you know, when you're 20 something and you're running a residence hall and you're planning events for students and and, you know, listening to all their terrible secrets and their, you know, really sad stories. Like, I mean, you have the energy for that and you're invested in that. But when you're in your in your 40s, a lot of that stuff just doesn't have the same. It doesn't resonate the same. Um, sure. And you don't have the energy to contribute to that. And I was working at a couple schools that were very high touch and required a lot of my time. Mm -hmm. So a, I was finding I was not in work life balance alignment. And I was not finding time to do the things that I wanted to do on the weekends. And so I said, well, something's not right here. And, um, and it led to me taking a stand, like really standing up for balance alignment at the day job, which my supervisor at the time that did not resonate with him. He thought I was being unrealistic um, and consequently told me like, I, you should probably look for another job because this is not the right fit for you. Um, and that, that was hurt. But that motivated me to be like, okay, well, A, I'm going to show you, <laughs> I'm going to go be a director someplace else mm. where they appreciate what it is that I have to contribute. But then the, <laughs> the more rational part of me was kind of like, okay, well, what can I learn from this? And it got me really thinking a lot about careers mm. and pursuing work that we enjoy and being productive in places that are using our talents and our strengths and really having that fit in values. So I, not that I rebranded the show, but I, you know, I ended what was season one and I started season two. And now when we talk about elevating your eight, we also talk about maximizing your work day in different ways. So, you know, are you in the career that you're supposed to be in? And if you're not, how do you find another one? How do you mm. talk to your supervisor? Um, how do you make the most of your work day and, and prioritize and things like that? But I also try to get some sleep experts on the show from time to time to talk about some of the things that contribute to us having better sleep. Mm -hmm. So so I've kind of taken the show just from focusing on the negligible eight hours and how you're maximizing those to really thinking about the whole day as three sets of eight hours. So if you're elevating each of those three things, you're really you're putting the emphasis into having, I think, a very a very holistic day yeah. where your focus is on all three things and it and it doesn't it doesn't require a lot of energy, but it does require a lot of thought, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, planning. It's uh, planning. You have a plan. It's easy to execute and see it. If you have no plan, you feel like you're living in chaos all the time. Right. How the heck did you become interested in productivity, work-life balance, whatever, you know, whatever people want to call it? Where, how did you end up there? It was really, it was that moment at that last housing job that I had where that supervisor told me, you know, this is, this is not realistic for you. And so I started thinking like, well, 
why not? Like, why does it have to be that someone works 60 hours a week and comes into the office on the weekends? And at that point, I started doing a lot of research. And I also was taking, um, I was pursuing a second master's degree at this particular school. And I had chosen recreation management because the idea of that was kind of speaking to me, like Mm -hmm. talk about leisure and vacation and downtime and all that all the time. And the first class I took, I wound up only taking one class in this master's program because I made the decision after that, like, okay, I'm leaving this place because this is not where I belong. Um, But we had Hmm. to do, we had to choose a theory. We had to do a project on that. And mine really came down to the notion of, you know, uh, how are we making the the best? the best of our time when we're not at work and sort of infusing that importance of having work-life balance all the time. And I was looking at generations and I was learning that, you know, the boomers who now are phasing out and retiring, but they had really bought into this notion of, you know, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and hard work and, and being really committed to your job and that your job is your identity and those types of things. Yeah. And that's the type of person I was working for. And then I went and did research on the Gen X people, which is where I stand. And I got to thinking about that. And back in the day, I didn't want to align myself with the Gen X. I'm like, no, that's my sister. These are the people that wear flannel shirts and like, you know, a grunge music, but it really, it was more than just that. And the the Generation X leniency towards work-life balance and taking time off and having downtime to do the things that they really want to do. And that was speaking to me, too. So it was kind of like, OK, well, I'm going to make some sense of this and start talking about it in a way that people will hopefully embrace. And I, I had written my first book, Making Work Work for You. And I was thinking about the second book when I joined a mastermind group. Mm. Um and in that mastermind group, uh, it was a it was a day long sit down thing at someone's house and we all had time in the hot seat. And I was explaining my the book. I was explaining the philosophy and they were all were like, you need to have a podcast about this. So I was like, oh, OK, I think I'll do that. And I had no idea what I was doing. But the fact that there were people there were and these were all ladies, too. So sure. that made it even more special. There were all these women in a room. They all had different talents and different strengths and were bringing different things to the table. But they were all telling me this is a really important concept and you should, you know, put that message out in the world. So four months later, I had a new book and six months later, I had a show and here That's we are. Now. Awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Now, you talked about at the, at the university, what, what was your role in the higher education career? Like what was the focus? I'm not sure how that fits together, you know? Yeah. In the, well, when I started out, I was a live-in hall director. So I was the the person that supervised the live-in staff. Um, and if there were people breaking rules, I would, you know, I would meet with them and say, you know, why did you drink in your room that night? Or why did you, you know, blow off the fire alarm, things like that. And as I progressed up in that, in that world from, you know, being very connected to students on the one-on-one level to supervising professionals to supervising postmasters professionals and then running my own department and, and things like that. Just the same way that you move up through middle management gotcha. and become senior management. Gotcha. Um, and at this particular, at the time when I said like, you know, no, I need to get out of this. Um, I was an associate director. So I was running my own, division within a a bigger department. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And, uh, and it was the residence life area. So mm-hmm. I was still supervising professional staff. I was still overseeing things like judicial and programming and activities and stuff like that. Student leadership, those types of things. That's always where my, my talents lied. Yeah. But, um, but because the judicial stuff was part of it and I worked at a very high touch, very big party school, um, there was just bad behavior all the time. And I was kind of like, I really don't need to align myself with this anymore. Yeah. It, it's making me tired. It's making my family and friends resent me. And I don't really need that. I'm done. Yeah. So. And it's funny. He, he, you know, when your uh, boss said to you, you know, <laughs> I don't think this is the right job for you. That was really a blessing. I mean, at the time you're, you're PO'd oh, yeah. thinking, yeah, who, who do you think you're talking to? Right. But on the flip right. side, it really, you were out of alignment. You just needed maybe someone to, to, to frame it out and show you that. Yeah. Um, before you ta- like give you the push that makes yeah. you say like, okay, it's, really time to make yeah. a change and I need to be serious. Yeah, yeah. And and now let me go figure that out, right? But now you have right. the time to figure it out, too, because you're not working the 60 hours a week. It, it becomes this double-edged sword, right? I right. have to work, yeah. but oh, I absolutely. hate what I'm doing. And then, yeah, the flip side. You you mentioned before, you know, your morning routine and all of that. What is, I'm curious, what's your, what's your morning routine entail? So, uh, my husband and I run a, a non-profit U.S. Master Swim Team. So, we get up very early. Um, get up at four. I make coffee for us. Um, a gallon. He will go into a separate room and do coaching things, uh, you know, preliminary stuff. But I stay in the bedroom and I do meditation. I write. Um, I will read something, um, you know, a book or a journal or something. And then um, I am re- I'm going through The Course in Miracles, but I'm going through it with uh, Pam Grout's book called A Course in Miracles Experiment. And she kind of breaks the daily lessons down. So I, I do that. Um, and then I have a smoothie and I pack my swim bag and I get in my car. He gets in his car because I'm going to go right from the pool to to the office and or, you know, come back here if I'm working from home that day. Um, yeah. And so my morning routine is sort of a three hour engagement because it, for me, it includes the workout, the travel time. Um, and within that travel time, I'm listening to a podcast or an audible book. So I'm also, uh, embracing that time as sort of my professional development. Um, but you know, on the days that I need to rage, then the music will come on and it's Chris in concert. And that's, that can be part of the morning routine too, if that's what I need on that particular day. Yeah, and and you know, see again, you're organized. It's planned. You know, <laughs> your bag is packed. It's not you're like crap. Where's my stuff? Right? Yeah. It's it's organized from the night before. So before you go to bed, the alarm set, everything is ready. You know, your yeah. meditation, whatever it is, your journal's out there, and you're ready to rock and roll as soon as you hit the. You know, and you mentioned coffee. I guess you could drink a gallon at four a.m. Just saying, <laughs> I would need a gallon. I would need the intravenous personally at that. Well, I've actually had to scale back because it's really not the smartest thing in the world to drink a cup of coffee and then go to the swimming pool. Yeah. That has not uh, worked for me in yeah. some situations. So I, I don't always have coffee, but I do. I make it for my hubby because yeah. I, I mean, I like I like doing that for him in the morning. It just yeah, feels like a nice. very traditional wife thing to do. Yeah. And, and he I appreciates like it. So that's I cute. Like yeah. yeah. Has, <laughs> has the pandemic fa- affected how you feel about or, or approach pa- the pa- um, productivity? And has it kind of flipped things around for you or no status quo? I think to the extent that my morning routine changed when um, I was only working from home and we were not going to the pool. So we had what? April, May, June, 
half of June, they reopened for a little bit. So we had a good four months where we were not in the water at all. And so the need to get up at 4am for me dissipated because now I'm not, I'm not going to the pool and I'm not going to the office. So I was getting in the beginning, I was getting a lot more sleep that I probably didn't need. And I needed to adjust from there and be like, okay, so what does that mean? Does that mean I'm going to stay up a little later, work on my business, maybe take the dog for a long walk, lift some weights, and then go to bed a little later? Or am I going to go to bed early and just supplement my morning routine with other things? So after the Zoom craze, you know, became part of the mix, we started doing like what they refer to in the swimming world as dry land. So um, (laughs) a few of the swimmers and I would get on Zoom and we would do some workouts together. And we hired a yoga coach to do yoga once, once a week in the morning. So those were ways to, you know, make up for the fact that we weren't going in the pool. Um, but it, you know, it took Smart. a while to find my groove and feel comfortable. Um, and I was pretty, I was pretty comfortable working at home at that time because I knew it was coming and I could bring the things home that I needed to yeah. sort of create the home office. It's been di- more difficult for me since we've gone to sort of a hybrid where some days I'm at the office and some days I'm at home because I can't, you know, I'm not going to schlep my monitor back and forth from my house to my yes. office. So there's certain things that I stage out to definitely only do when I'm in the office so that I have access to better um, technology and then things that I that I choose for the days that I work at home. See, again, very organized, though. I'm going to do this at the office. I'm going to do this yeah. from the home office. So you, you still have it organized and segregated so that your time is, you, you know, where you need to be to be able yeah. to accomplish the podcast or a meeting or whatever. The other thing I found intriguing is that since you couldn't physically get in the water and do mm-hmm. whatever exercises and and routines you did in the water that you supplemented and yoga was a piece of that other workouts were a piece of that because you still have to move your body and stay in shape even though you can't physically get into the water right so my dog was loving the time mama was at home because he got three walks a day sure sure Sure. And it's interesting. The other thing I want everybody listening to understand, did you see how when COVID hit, Chris made tweaks too. She had to make a shift. And then when, when she came back to half in the office, you know, half in the home office, there was another little tweaking. So everything we're talking about today, Chris, I think this is important for people to think about. You don't have to go and get up at 4am and do Chris's morning routine, but you do have to figure out what are your priorities, right? What are your morning things that you need to get done? What does your night routine look like? And only you can answer that. Um, yes. Chris, I, I just love how you framed it out with what your responsibilities were, right? Your job responsibilities, all yeah. of those things, you know, that you framed it out for us, but that it, it, and then once you have a good plan in place, when crazy hits the world, like COVID, it's easy enough to shift and pivot because you, you foundationally, you have some good habits in place, right? Am, am I understanding that right? Yeah, no, totally. You hit the nail right on the head. I mean, I think, you know, when you're, and, and especially for someone like me, I'm Myers-Briggs J. So, you know, there's a place for everything and everything's in its place. But in the initial few days of that, like, okay, now what do I do? Um, It's a little funky, but then you just sort of go back to the discipline that you create through habits, through a routine. Um, and, And maybe some days I don't do 20 minutes of meditation. Maybe I only do five because that's, that's as much as I feel I can sit still in that one moment, but I still focus on getting that done because I know 
how I'm going to feel and that I'm going to carry that momentum into the rest of my day. So absolutely. And, yeah. and you, you got it, but you got to, you got to plan it out. And I think yeah. that that's where not only plan it, but then execute it, right? Movement creates results. So we, the, for me, it's always about the results. Um, but you have to have that plan. And then I think once you have that core plan, it's easy to manipulate and, and digest it and move it. And, you know, if you have a cold, maybe you still meditate, but you don't do the working out or maybe you do the workout. Right to sweat and try to get the, I know some people, yeah. like when my kids get sick, they do a heavy workout to try to sweat out whatever the germs are. I don't know whether that's good or bad, um, <laughs> but you know what, whatever, again, whatever works for you. Yeah. I, I really try not to judge people's options because you yeah. know what you have to do in your life, your physical, your relationships, your work, um, whatever it is. What advice do you um, have for folks who may be out of work um, due to the pandemic and they even have more more time from a, um, a productivity standpoint, what, what do you think they, sh- they should or could do? Yeah, well, I think getting in touch with your current vocation and being able to ask yourself, like, so is this the place where I really have enjoyed being and do I want to stay here? Yeah. Um, and so keeping keeping up conversation, conversation correspondence with your previous employer, whether it's a layoff or a a furlough Mm. and just making sure that they know that you're still available, that Mm -hmm. you're still um, motivated. Right. And then if you're, if you do some realization and you're kind of like, well, you know, I really didn't like that job anyway. I didn't like that field figuring out like, okay, how can I reinvent myself and what's something else out there that I might want to do? Um, working with a career coach or, you know, doing some work on your resume, tweaking that, um, I'm, a functional based resume proponent because I think, especially in, in the current environment that we're living in, it definitely helps to be able to say what you're good at and how you can contribute in terms that are not industry specific. Mm. Um, and I found that to be the biggest blessing for me when I was looking to not have a housing job anymore, to find something else in higher education that worked for me. And, um, and I was, I was lucky that someone picked up my resume and, and just said, these are translatable skills. I think we need to talk to this girl. And then the, the rest just kind of fell into place. So definitely working on your resume, updating it, doing, some some tweaks and then you know talking to friends yeah. that are doing other uh other career paths that that are interesting to you talking to people you know i had a friend rochelle um who had lost her job not in covid but when a grant ended and she was encouraged to do like these 30 coffee dates in 30 days and so she was making a list of people that she could ask like who would you recommend in your field that i meet with um and i was really impressed that she that she did this cuz it opened up a lot of doors for her sure. so so talking to people that you know other people that would be willing to share their you know, experiences. And I think that's a great way to stay current. Um, and what are, what's trending out there and, and thinking like, you know, I'm more than my job. I can do all these other things and being, you know, willing, you do have to be brave enough, I think, to go out and pursue that because being out of work is really hard. It can be really depressing. Um, and I think to make the change, 
work in a way that's going to be best for you, you do have to be willing to do the work. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's funny because transferable skills, I know when I do my training and I go around and I said, you know, who's new to the company? What did you do before? And even if it's not the exact same job, they're new to the industry, you know, perhaps. And I always say, Mm -hmm. ah, you did this before though. Here are your transferable skills. So exactly what you did there, you're going to be using them here as well. So leverage that, right? Don't worry about, I don't know the products for this industry. I don't know the information behind this industry, you know, whatever the industry knowledge is. You have these skills. That's where you're transferring over and that's where you want to start leveraging and all the other stuff will learn. You're on a learning curve. You'll figure it yep. out, right? We're, we're intelligent beings. We can learn. So yeah, I think that's important too. And the other thing you said, um, is, Use your network. You know, I love Rochelle that she did. You said the, your friend Rochelle did the 30 days, 30 people. And right. I think the better uh, your network is, the easier it is to reach out and say, hey, this is what's going on. This is what I'm looking for. Who should I talk to? Who can I get advice from? Who can I pick their brain? Not necessarily can you introduce me for a job, but who right. can I do some research and explore what options are available out, out there? Yeah. Your network is important and connectivity, connecting people or having people connect to you, the right match is, is real important too. If you don't talk about it though, no one knows what's going on in your life. That's dangerous. So I think talking is always a great thing because the other thing too, Chris, people want to help. Yeah. People they do. Never, they yes, really, really do. They, they do. Really do. Yeah, it's it's so easy to fall in. The, and I, you know, I know a handful of people that, that have done this during the pandemic, that whole like, poor me. I'm too old. There's nothing else I know how to do. So I'm just going to sit at home and play video games and eat big Newtons. And, you know, that's great for a little while. But but then after a while, it's kind of like, you're really depressing. And I don't really want to talk to you anymore. And it's easy to really shut yourself off and um, easy become a hermit in not a good way. (laughs) Yeah, Easy to go down that rabbit hole and not come back out. Right. And that's dangerous, too. We're out of time. But guys, if you need a little more Chris, I have him. Of course, I have her contact information. Um, you can either uh, the the show is elevate your eight dot com. Go there. Uh, if you want to go to Chris's website, it's Chris McPeak. So K R I S M C P E A K dot com. If you have a question for Chris, uh, you can email her at info at Chris McPeak. And of course, if you need a little more Connie in your life, which I hope, of course, you do, if you go to, of course, right, Chris, what is crazy they do, uh, go to my website at WhitmanAssos.com, W-H-I-T-M-A-N-A-S-S-O-C.com. I will put these websites and links and everything um, on the show notes so that you can find Chris and Connie. Um, and everything is on my website. The show's on my website. If you want to be a website, if you want to be a podcast guest, the applications on there, uh, free resources, my book, my classes, everything is there and available for you. So check that out. Um, Chris, thank you again. Um, I really hope that people, if you learn nothing else, talk to people, right? To figure out what next steps are and figure out your just, even if you just change your morning routine to start, start focusing on what are the things that are most important to me and then put those little pieces in place so that you start to build um, what your productivity routine should look like. So easy peasy tips. Um, Thank you for sharing that, Chris. So always appreciate it. Uh, So good to me. I, I love having you. I love your energy. You're crazy like me. We have this high energy. Uh, it's good. It's all good, right? It's beautiful. It is. We you, People should want to be around us even more, I think. <laughs> what the heck 
is wrong with you people? I don't know. They should listen to every episode we have on our podcast. Every, every episode. Oh my You're God. right. <laughs> and you guys, I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together. No matter what challenge you're going through, um, I really do hope my guests and I share our tips and strategies, stories, and ideas that you can implement immediately so that you could get the results you're looking for. Remember, the word sales is a beautiful thing, right? It's love. It's care. It's respect. The icky sleazy. We're getting that that out. Um, we're throwing the baby out with the bathwater with that one because we don't like that phraseology. Um, Chris, thank you again for being on and being such a great guest. You guys have been listening to the Heartfelt Sales Leader podcast with me, your heartfelt sales leader, Connie Whitman on webtalkradio.net. Thank you all. And I really do wish you a wonderful week where you open your mind to what's possible. So try one little tweak to your morning routine. See how it goes and report back to Chris and I. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to the Heart Centered Sales Leader Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to hear Connie Whitman and her expert guests share tips, tools, and strategies that can be implemented immediately. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow.